MailChimp presents. Have you ever heard of the dreaded customer? You know, it's when marketers throw their customers into one big messy group, failing to define them by their different needs or habits. It can show up when coupon codes meant for new customers are sent out to everyone, even return customers who can't use the discount. Basically, it's a mess. If you're a marketer, Intuit MailChimp can help you personalize your marketing campaigns so that you meet customers' individual needs instead of missing them. Turn customers into customers by personalizing emails and SMS based on real-time behavior data. Intuit MailChimp, the number one email marketing and automations brand. Based on competitor brands' publicly available data on worldwide numbers of customers in 2021 and 2022. SMS is available as an add-on to U.S. paid plans only. Visit MailChimp.com for details. People think like, oh yeah, it's ballsy to perform like a punk rock song and be like, oh, no, it's, not. it's not at all. It's like, like it's like <laughs> what's ballsy is like is like the vulnerability, you know. When the great Karen O emerged in the early 2000s with her band The Yeah, Yeah, Yes, she was offering us something entirely different from what was popular at the time, which was that sugar and sweet of pop princesses Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera. But Karen O struck a dagger in pop's heart and in doing so won her rightful place in history as a bona fide rock goddess. I was lucky enough to sit down with Karen and talk to her about where she came from, where she's going, and writing the song that changed the trajectory of both her life and her glittering career. The Jump is a podcast where I, Shirley Ann Manson, sit down with musicians and talk about the one song that changed everything. So I'm really psyched you're here. Okay, sweet. You know I love you. I mean, I've made <laughs> I this patently back. clear for years. <laughs> um, but, you know, I was doing a little bit of, like, homework because I wanted to do a good job. Oh, nice. And, right. it, and it brought back a lot of memories for me because when I first heard of you, it was the first EP with, like, Art Star and Bang and yes. Put It On. And my husband was trying to talk to me and I went, shut up, <laughs> shut up, let me listen to this. And I got that feeling... It's just sometimes you get it from certain artists when you hear them for the first time. I was like, this is a serious presence. Mm. I just knew that you were somebody important and I wasn't wrong. To watch you start out and then watch your career has been kind of extraordinary. Mm. And my first question to you today, Ms. <laughs> Colonel, was do, do you feel that this was a conscious thing? It was subconscious or instinct or what? Are you yeah. a thinking girl, I uh-huh, guess, is uh-huh. what I'm trying to right, ask. Right, right, You know, sometimes I say, oh, you don't want to know what's going on up there. It's like a bloodbath up there, you know, in my, <laughs> in my head. But I'm not, when it comes to, like, making art and making music, that's, like, my chance to, like, totally f- get free of, like, the bondage of being, like, so stuck in my head, you know? Performance and music and writing music and exhibitionism and self-expression. Once I, like, tasted that, I just totally wanted to lose myself in that. I feel like my persona, Karen O, was, like, born on the dance floor of this club night in New York City called Shout in Bar 13. I was going to film school at the time, and I was just kind of coming out of my shell, like, there. 
I'd have like five or six cosmopolitans. Um, do you know what a cosmopolitan? Yes, of course <laughs> I know what bloody cosmopolitan is. And like really, like only two of them would like be ingested. The rest would, would be spilled all over the, the floor. But then I'd be doing knee slides across the floor, and me and like my girlfriend Helen Park, who was like this rockabilly Korean American girl. She's like French New Wave. Like she had a like bouffant. She'd have a cigarette, and like and she's like, "Come on, Karen, let's go to the club." And I'd be like, "Okay." And then it's just wild what was coming out of me. We were like clearing the floor, like like I said, like it was just like people were like, "Who are these like?" maniac women and that's when I was like so I have this thing in me it was just like so passionate passionate so once I like sort of understood what that could be on in the context of being on the stage like in front of an audience the sort of freedom of that yeah it's like the one sort of uh platform for me to just get the most free and it just happened to be in front of a bunch of people yeah I couldn't be more like hard on my sleeve like you know, so fucking sensitive. I'm like such a sensitive person. Like what's most important to me with the rapport between what I'm doing and like who's listening or who's experiencing it. I want above anything to just like connect emotionally with them, you know, like, yeah, in order to do that, I have to like sort of rile myself up to like a state where I'm just like completely unselfconscious and then just like let loose whatever is inside of me. In this show, one of the things we want to explore is certain moments in a career, <clears throat> and you pick maps. Yes, of course. Is. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be predictable, but it's honestly that. Yeah, that. Was I don't think changer. it was predictable. Yeah, I was yeah, actually surprised yeah. you picked maps, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Because it was the big breakthrough moment. But I wanted to know what was happening in your life. I know that the song is is about you and Angus. It was about him being on tour, and we were like in love at the time. It was just like having to be away from the person that you love. And I had just written this email to Angus or like this kind of love letter email to him. So I had the lyric, um, they don't love you like I love and you. And did you know when you wrote the email like, oh, that's a great lyric. I'm going to use that later. Or <laughs> or did it just come out to? Well, I, I mean, I was trying to be like a cool poet, like, you know, still trying to impress him. We were like both like. <laughs> <laughs> hey, like, I just pulled this out of my ass. <laughs> um, but it was really just like, you know, it was for him. It meant for him, you know, being like, why why do they get to be with you like the people you're with in whatever country you're with like you know whoever you're playing your these shows to like they don't love you like I love you they I should you know I'm the one who should be with you right now you know and that was like that sort of line I mean so it was, paint me a picture where did you where did you write this song? okay so yeah so so Nick lived in Williamsburg in this like sort of warehouse where a bunch of other artists live and yeah and that's where we started writing songs we just do it on like a four track machine just the two of you mm -hmm, just the two of us I was living there at the time and I remember passing by Nick's room, and uh, he had this really, you know, crummy little um, blue drum machine. That a lot of that drum machine on Fever to Tell, by the way, like Rich that first, like do 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 do, like that's from that. And then like in um, maps, like the like which is like kind of the loop that goes over yeah. um, the the chorus. just like hashed it out like right there you know it was one of those like 15 minute songs you know yeah, I mean it's extraordinary yeah we're like this is this feels like kind of special because like I think up to that point when you start off as, as an artist you like emulate for me especially like I just had characters in my head or like you know front people that I was like kind of like yeah I want to kind of emulate their thing and and um, kind of make it mine but that 
really that maps is a, is a departure from that because it was just like the first like just like truly deeply personal and also just like you. like us yeah me you know so like mm. and 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 Nick you know that was a 50-50 you know collaboration do you think when you first started out as an artist when you talk about emulation you yeah. know is it because you feel that you're not enough no it's more like just like you know putting on someone else's like a boots. suit yeah boots or shoes or <laughs> suit. you know you're just like trying on your like you know your mom's uh dress or putting on her lipstick you know just being like like what is what yeah. would this look like on me you know yeah. and like kind of sashaying around it was, like, it was like it was more like that you and know? so when you wrote this yeah when you wrote maps did you suddenly go i mean wow this is the perfect yeah outfit. no this, or, it was like you know something different it felt like we just jumped from like wannabes to like to being sort of something you know unique and something yeah. ourselves well, i'll never forget playing maps like live in at like the garage the garage or whatever in london do you remember yeah, that, the that garage, spot yeah. yeah so like i remember i was playing it live for the first time there and like we're like okay let's whip this one out you know let's see and how, how it goes it, go down? <laughs> it was like it felt like it went down like you know, it just fucking went down like well yeah. you know it felt like it felt like a moment you know um it felt like okay you know job done this yeah, is like, exactly the effect like, we were looking this for this is like this is like this is something different from the rest wow. of our songs even you know it's just like wow. this is just like something kind of special for us you know reading the lyrics they're so blatant yeah and simple yeah and that takes a lot of courage i yeah. think to yeah. to put something down that simple yeah that's that vulnerable yeah when you're doing the job that you were doing where you were a young woman yeah. fronting a band yeah. people expected you to be wild and crazy yeah. and and larger than life yeah. what what was that strange dichotomy like it's kind of the ballsiest thing that you can do is like to write like a love song you know <laughs> it's like yeah. um and like I've yet to do it. Oh, really? Oh, girl, come on. You, I know you got it in you. Um, but, like, yeah, it's 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 ballsy. And, like, performing it is even more ballsy. It's like you, people think, like, oh, yeah, it's ballsy to perform, like, a punk rock song and be like, oh, no, it's, not. it's not at all. It's like, like, it's like <laughs> what's ballsy is, like, is, like, the vulnerability, you know? I'm such a hopeless romantic. I felt like this was more what I was here to do than anything else. Love songs for me are, like, you know, it's just this is what feeds me the most, I think. So like, so yeah. So like, in a way, it, it felt it felt like kind of natural, I guess. You know, it wasn't like I think like, you know you're able to process it as an adult now. But you were so young; there was so much pressure on you. I was just curious if you were aware of that or of the pressure. Was, yeah, yeah. No, I mean it was like crushing pressure, and like it just like kind of coincided with this like time in my life where I had like lost like my best friend, like my best friend um, committed suicide just like just shortly mm -hmm. like right around that time. So um, like sorry. like maybe like maybe a couple years before that, and it was just like I was like such a mess, man. I was like a total mess, and I feel like if I didn't have the band and I didn't have music, I don't know, like I don't know what would have happened to me, you know, like to a certain degree. It really just like got me through it. But, like, I was getting a little too lost, you know? <laughs> like, you know, I wasn't prepared for it. And, like, it was really overwhelming for me, you know? Um, and, like... Because um, the, was the Yeah, 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 your very, very first band? It was my very first band. Like, Wow, that's crazy. You know, um, but, like... Oh, my God. But, like... But we were hit by a truck. I had no idea what to expect, yeah. you know? Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then you made that beautiful video... Right, right, yes, yes. And got the world talking. Right, right. Because you're crying in it. You know, they yeah. love to see a woman weep. <laughs> And I love that it's like this messy cry too. It's not like this beautiful cry. I'm just like it's, it's not the Sinead O'Connor no, cry. It's not like it's not that gorgeous, like pristine cry. It's just like kind of like a puffy, like. But that's you know, why we all yeah. fell in love with you. Um, but, but the like, tears um, I read were not deliberate. It wasn't a deliberate plan. No, they weren't deliberate. Yeah, 
Yeah, no, like I was just, I was, um, I had my my many glasses of champagne before. Like, that's just like how I got through like <laughs> through any shoot. We invited like the the audience in that in that video is, is like majority of them are our friends, you know, and fellow like band people and stuff. And the one person who wasn't turning up was my boyfriend at the time. So. And then he came like really late. So there were fury tears. I'm not really sure what it was. It was like angst. It was definitely like angst and like a little bit of like, yeah, heartache. But I guess, you know, what was interesting about that was just that there was like all this hype leading up to that record, Fever to Tell. We put out the first like two singles or something, like just did nothing. Like Maps like was either the third or the fourth single. And by the time it came out, like almost like the label had given up on us, sort of like, eh, well, you know, we thought maybe it was something, but it was nothing. And then it caught fire, you know, like, and, and it just became, it just like tapped into the the mainstream somehow. And we had no idea that it was going to, you know, we thought it was something cool, but like, we didn't know the world would, you know, catch on at all. Because yeah. it was an alternative single. Even, totally. So how did that affect your psyche as you moved on as a band, as a writer? Yeah, I think it was good because I feel like it was just good to know that like, that you could break through, you know, like it was just this tiny little pocket in time where like alt rock became like mainstream again for a second you know those bands like white stripes and strokes were just like mainstream and and um it's unusual you know it's just like a really unusual pocket we still like felt like kind of the the underdogs and the the odd odd band out you know so like so seeing that like that we could break through yeah like you can you can do this as a freak and did you feel your freakiness was currency yeah 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 i do it's just like this kind of wild contradiction that like that I felt, one, like, completely sort of isolated and struggling to be taken seriously as, like, as a woman artist, you know, and two, you know, really put on a pedestal, you know, and, like, and sensationalized. Like, I always think of Gwen Stefani's Don't Speak, you know, (laughs) like, everyone wants the shot of the gal in the band and the rest of the guys, you know, not so interested in stuff, like, how you can have that and then also, like, struggle to be taken seriously, you know? So, like, so that's, like, a weird contradiction that I've dealt with, like, for a lot of my career. But like, Do you think that's a deliberate construction of what has been traditionally a male industry? Yeah. Yeah, it's got to be. You know, it's just, like... Do you feel it's changed? I feel, like... I mean, not in the rock world so much, you know? I feel like, like, the rules for pop are different and stuff like that, but, like... But I was talking to, um, actually, I think Lizzie, who did the book, asked me, like, why are there so few women in rock, you know? I don't know. Why are there so few <laughs> women in rock, Karen? No. And I was like, I don't, I don't. And I was like, I was just racking my brain. I was racking my brain. I was like, why are there so few women in rock? And then I asked Karen Gens that, who's a journalist, and she does, you know, she's for the New York Times now. She used to be at Spin, and we, like, grew up together. Her answer to that was that you have to see it to be it. You were the first female rock star for me to uh, to come out grinning yeah yeah it right, felt yeah. so punk rock to me right yes, you know, it yes, was like smile. whoa this is like the antithesis of all That's the fashion magazines with the women I looking really so much on stage but it's gorgeous and it's <laughs> but it's exciting and it's sinister it's sinister it is sinister yeah it's so totally. 
That's great. <laughs> no, no, it's like, that's such a good point. People, like, mention that to me more than anything else. They're always like, you look like you're having so much fun up there. I'm like, do I? Because, like, I get off that stage and I'm just like, oh, like, mm. destroyed, you know? But it's true, you know? Just, like, I, I don't even realize I'm doing it, you know? I'm like, yeah. smiling. It's raw. It's you know? dumb. Yeah. And so, like, that's what I urge, like, people to do is, you know, I just urge them to, like, really break free, you know? It's like, and whatever that is, and be a goofball, be silly, be ridiculous, you know? have your heart on your sleeve, be vulnerable, be like all those things. Carol, I love you. Thank you for coming and speaking to me. I know, I was like, that was such a pleasure. Next week on The Jump. Dave Wan from Chromio. I was so ecstatic and I was like, you know what? Maybe this is real. One of my idols just heard my music, sang on it. Maybe there's something there. The Jump is an original series from MailChimp, and I'm your host, Shirley Manson. It's produced in partnership with Little Everywhere, executive produced by Dan Gallucci, Jane Marie, and Rushikesh Hirway. Original music composed by Rushikesh Hirway. Subscribe now wherever you get your podcasts.